Hello, this is Pastor Kenny, and welcome to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. If you would like more information about what we are all about, make sure to visit hopeforvermont.org. Enjoy! So as we get started, I just wanted to remind us that we continue in Hebrews. This month we looked at the New Living Translation, the New Living Translation, it's a translation that is uh, a bit easier to read, uh, maybe to understand, and we just want to uh, encourage you to find a Bible that you enjoy reading, that speaks to you, that ministers to you, that's something that um, you draw from, and I just want to encourage you about that. We go back, last week we looked at Hebrews uh 4, 1 through 13, and it was so good, the final three verses, I just want to revisit those today. This is Hebrews four eleven. so let us do our best to enter that rest, but if we disobey God as the people of Israel did, we will fall. This is a stark reminder that uh, God's judgment is true, that there is a place for um for punishment, but God's hope is alive, and what He desires to give us is real, and we are just so excited that we can call on the name of Jesus and know that we can find rest in Him. The New International Version says, make every effort to enter that rest. Make every effort to enter that rest. We want to follow Jesus. We want to believe so that we can know that His salvation, His hope is real and true, and it's for us. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It isn't how much you give or how much you volunteer. All it is is recognizing that Jesus loves us so much. The Zundervan Study Bible, which I use, it says this is not a call to earn one's salvation by works, by doing things, but an exhortation to enter salvation rest by faith, by faith in Jesus, by trusting who God is. Again, if... um, if you're having difficulty watching on YouTube, please go to my personal Facebook account, Jeffrey M. Fuller, and we will certainly uh, get through this this morning. We move on to Hebrews 4.12. Hebrews 4.12, we find these words in the New Living Translation. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, Between joy and marrow, it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. This is the surgeon's scalpel, carefully wielded with experience and knowledge and wisdom. The message says the surgeon's scalpel. I mentioned last week that if you want something cut, you can go to the butcher or you can go to the surgeon. And I guess it depends on what you are needing. Uh, This cutting, this division, this cutting between, it penetrates even to dividing, piercing even the division of this is the truth of God of what we're looking for. We want God to get to the the nitty gritty, to read between the lines, so to speak, to get, get to what truly matters and we find some sobering words. This is from Luke 6.45. It says, For out of the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. From the overflow of his heart, his mouth speaks. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. 
for, for the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. If God is dividing the very nature, the intentions, the thoughts that we have, what is he finding in us? Is Jesus finding within us the truth, the reality, the love by faith we choose and accept his grace, his salvation? Or is he finding something else? When we are squeezed, when we are pushed, when we are in a difficulty, what comes out? Uh, I'm wearing this hat, well, frankly, because uh, I put it in a, not a man bun, but maybe a ponytail last week that some people spoke of. So I'm wearing this hat, and it just brought to mind that this is Team Gage, a young man that we've been uh, thinking of, praying for his family. You have helped us be able to give to several families this last week, just a gift card to a local supermarket, some encouragement to them. But this is Team Gage, a 15-year-old that we want his family to know that we are for them, that we are cheering them on, that we want to encourage them with our actions and not just the words or the the logo that's on the side of our church, which we don't have, but maybe one day we will have. We want people to understand that we are for them. In God's word, his spirit, it cuts and divides what is true, what is real, what should be there. We go to Matthew 6.21. Matthew 6.21, we find these words, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. That's from the New Living Translation. The NIV says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you look at your budget, if you look at where your money goes, where is it going? Is it going to bless people, encourage people to share God's love with people? Or is it kind of just caught somewhere in between where people know that we love God, but they see certain things that would suggest that, yes, we love God, but we love ourselves a little bit more. Somebody mentioned that sometimes we buy things with money we uh, don't have to impress people that we don't like. We buy things with money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. What a sad uh, state that that uh, would suggest about us. My life verse, Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. The desire of your heart might be a new job, a new boss. It might be a greater income, a new car, something different. But that's not what it's saying. It's not saying you get what you want. It's saying if you delight in God, he will give you that desire to know him, to experience him, to, to delight in him more, to understand that Jesus is real, that his love is true, that he embraces us, that he helps us, that he's a lift of our head, that his grace is sufficient, that his peace is real, and oh, that we would know that truth in reality, and that we could share that with others, that they would know that God is not just something that we talk about, but he is somebody that we know and that we can certainly live out. We continue in Hebrews 4, 4, 12, and 13. For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. He is the one to whom we are accountable. Yes, it is wise to listen to a coach, a pastor, a counselor. It is wise to listen and apply what other people say so that we can know very specifically that God has a plan 
for our lives. Romans 8, 31 through 39, we find these words from the New International Version of the Bible. Why are there so many versions of the Bible? <clears throat> I think some translate word for word the original language, Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic. Others translate the intent, perhaps a paraphrase, and some translate the phrase or the sentence structure. That's partly why there's so many translations of the Bible. I enjoy the English Standard Version for my personal reading. The New Living Translation, as I mentioned this month, is certainly one that is translated well and um, helps us. And the New International Version is a great standby that I go to often. It's usually uh, what the Gideons put in all the hotel rooms as well. But we find these words from Romans 8, 31 through 39. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against you, those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. He is our advocate. He is our mediator. He is the one going to the Father and saying, remember my sacrifice, the grace that you gave, the mercy that they can live in. Just let them be alive. Who shall, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. What a terrifying verse if we just stopped there. What a terrifying reality if all there was was knowing that without Jesus we were sheep to be slaughtered. But no, verse 37 of Romans 8, no, in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that is of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We can look to God. We can have faith in Jesus. We can believe the Bible is true because it is not to condemn us, but it is to bring us to a place of health, of healing, of abundant life that we can know God and his creation. We can understand Jesus has a plan for our life and we can hold on to the truth of him. We actually find in Hebrews 4:14, 4, so then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Hold firmly to what we believe. The Greek mentions this, and it means to arrest, to seize into custody, to take, grab, hold on, to obtain, to be kept from, to be held. Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. Let us be held by the truth and reality that Jesus loves us. Let us know that God is for us, that whatever you're going through, God is going to help you. He's going to assist you. 
It may not turn out how we want. It might not be the decision that we would have desired, but in all things, God works things out for the good of those that love him and are called according to his purpose. That means we can take on what God is doing in and through us, through whatever suffering the road might bring, through whatever task is at hand, we can know that we hold firmly to the truth of Jesus. The faith we profess, the confession, the profession, the acknowledgement that God is with us, that God is for us, we can hold on to that reality. There's nothing else that we can grasp onto that will hold us. Our anchor is true and Jesus is real. And so we don't have to worry about what other people think or are going to say. We can just know that God loves us and we can love others. And it's not about judging, but it's knowing that God loves us and we can share his love by serving one another. What a great hope that is. In Hebrews 4.15, the high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. We can take great joy in knowing that God has gone through these things as he witnessed his son endure such pain and scorning at shame so that we might have life, that Jesus cares for whatever we're going through, that it's not a political statement to say that you're a Christian, but because we're a Christian, we just love people and we serve people. We don't hide in a facility on Sunday mornings to rally around our own beliefs, but we hide in the word of God to know with confidence who he is and what he has for us. In 2 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10, Three different times, Paul writing, I beg the Lord to take this infirmity away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. What an interesting statement concept that you would boast in your weakness so that others would see that where you would typically fail, there's one that gives you strength that you can overcome. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul says in verse 10, that's why I take pleasure in weakness and in insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. That's not you saying something stupid, foolish, inappropriate, so then you can say, oh, I'm a martyr. I'm being persecuted for being a Christian. No, this is saying I am human, and I fail, and I'm tempted, but in my weakness of being sinful, I have the strength of Jesus to be one that overcomes. I can know the hope of who God is. I know the reality that Jesus is for me, that he is with me. Verse 16 of Hebrews 4, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. We can approach, we can come to, we can draw near to, we can agree to The throne of God, the one that loves us, the authority figure, that king, that queen that, well, I guess they still have around the world, but that authority that you submit to, it's not out of a dictatorship just saying, I have the power to control you, but it's from one who is gracious that says, here is mercy. Receive that mercy and find the grace to help you when you need it 
most. Some of us assume that we needed God's grace most last year. Some right now are saying, no, actually it wasn't last year, but it's right now when nothing phases God. He understands our heart. He knows our uh, mind. He knows what we are crying out for. And God is saying that I will give you that grace and mercy when you need it most, that I love you so much, that I care about what you're going through, that there's a hope, that there's a faith, that there's something that can hold you through whatever you are going through. And oh, did we not just read that in 2 Corinthians when Paul writes, my grace is sufficient for you, when Paul was saying, God rescue me, and seemingly God did not rescue him, but through it, through it, God helped. Sometimes we say, God, deliver me. And God says, no, I'm going to develop you. And we say, that's not fair, but we understand that it's the process that God takes us through where strength comes. So let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Receive his mercy and he will help us in our time of need. Hmm. Such a great reminder of the reality of who God is. It's a reminder that when technology doesn't work or breaks down or I'm all pixelated and you're just wondering, like, what am I saying? Uh, you can certainly listen later to the uh, podcast on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes. Just search Living Hope Wesleyan and you can find that podcast there. You can go back to other sermons, those preached by Kenny White and those more articulate and eloquent than I at YouTube, Living Hope Wesleyan Church. You can search and find out who is this Jesus? Who is this God that we talk about? Is this one that we can trust, that we can believe, that we can know that he is real? My grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect to weakness, therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest in me. We can find rest in Jesus if we'll simply believe in our hearts and confess with our mouth that he is Lord. So come boldly to God, to the throne of the gracious God. Then we will receive his mercy and we'll find grace to help us when we need it most. So yeah, maybe you've had to skip around, bounce around to uh, find this message. Uh, I'm certainly pleased and glad that you did. We're going to have a time of uh, Zoom fellowship. You can find that uh, password protected Zoom link in your email, and we would love to have you join us as we um, just think about what God is doing and what he has done. But most of all, I want you to know that we can know God's rest. We can know that he has a plan for our lives, whatever we're going through. Bethany and I certainly are filled with gratitude and thanksgiving for your kindness, for your prayers, whether on Facebook, where I'm looking right now, or YouTube, Twitter, the church Facebook page where I'm looking at now. The meals, the gifts, the snacks, the cards, the encouragement. It's preparing us. It's giving us great strength for these next days as Bethany has 
four appointments from Monday through Wednesday. We're so happy, pleased, grateful that Michael's going to be home this next week, and we're so excited to be together as a family before the chemotherapy treatments begin. But most of all, we are grateful that we have one that we call Savior, one that we call Lord, one by the name of Jesus Christ that loves us so much that whatever we go through, we know that he is with us. Not simply holding our hands, not only the lifter of our head, but the one with his arms of love that embraces us and helps us get through whatever days are about to come. And he's available for you too. It's not just for those that have suffered great loss or dealing with a diagnosis that is certainly uncomfortable, but he is with you wherever you are. Jesus is saying, I love you. I know you. Trust me. I am here to help you, to lift you up, to embrace you. Get into my word, know the Bible, and know his love for us. As we enter March next month, I would suggest as March has 31 days, Proverbs has 31 chapters. Even though we've read Proverbs numerous times, maybe on the 1st of March, you read Proverbs 1, the 7th of March, you read Proverbs 7. Whatever day it is, you just pick up the Bible, the Old Testament book of Proverbs, and read the proverb associated with that day, that number, and find great joy that whatever you're going through, God loves you. We just want to share uh, Team Gage. I believe it's cardinalpointscreenprinting.com in Northfield. Get a hockey beanie, whether you're a hockey fan or not. Uh, they have other things and other ways that you can support Team Gage and I encourage you to do that. And CareNet, you can certainly write a check to them, P.O. Box 513, Barry, Vermont, P.O. Box 513, Barry, Vermont, 05641, as we were unable to pass out bottles, but we certainly encourage you to support them as well. With that, we're concluding. Uh, again, my sincere apologies with technology, but you guys are resilient and certainly able to um, be encouraged by God's word today. We love you. We uh, praise God that he loves us and that he has a plan for us. If you would, just let me close in prayer. I probably need a haircut. Yeah, the, the ongoing, not joke, but Bethany just rolls her eyes because I say, if uh, she does lose her hair during chemo. I'm going to shave my head, probably because I need a haircut more than anything. But it might be, you know, to draw attention because I am that guy. I try to be more self-aware, but sometimes I, I look for attention. I apologize. But let's pray. Jesus, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you know what we're going through. We give you praise, God, because you care about our lives and our families. You care about every detail, and we just ask that we might know your hope and share your hope, the peace that comes from knowing our weakness in you is great strength. So we love you, Father, and it's in your name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hopefully we'll see you soon on Zoom. All right. Thanks, everybody. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure to subscribe to the Living Hope Wesleyan podcast. Uh, you can also see the live versions of these sermons on the Living Hope Wesleyan Church YouTube channel, as well as any more information that you would be interested in at hopeforvermont.org. Thank you so much for listening.